Mosaic Brief Zero. Welcome to an experiment in embracing briefs in all its meaning. First and foremost, brevity and concision. Second, as Superman's signature shorts. Third, as an argument as in a legal brief. Fourth and finally, as a verb, to inform, as in to brief someone about something. Bottom line, up front. This is a test format for me to throw in my miscellaneous footnotes with less concern about overarching theme and thoroughness. This episode has three functions. One, explain the format. Two, pick up a thread on empathy. And three, explain and introduce the rambles. So I already broke down the name Mosaic Briefs. I don't have a fixed format yet, except that they do try to stay short, or failing that, focused. Like a legal brief is often long, but every iota ought to be relevant. Anyways, it's a little weird to have an entire meta episode just about format, show production, and so on, and that's the point of this Zero episode, to kind of explain all these production points and behind-the-scenes stuff so that the episodes themselves are on point. Maybe, I don't know. I'm sure you've noticed the release of five different things in your feed all at once, and if you haven't already listened to Mosaic 58, it's a traditional, if too long, survey episode. I'm going to still keep the main episodes, but hopefully they can unload a lot of their extras into these briefs. So next in the feed was Brief Zero, which you're listening to now, and Brief One, which is a pilot attempt at a brief, and we'll see how that goes. And I've got countless topics, notes, recordings, and clips that I could convert into briefs. I don't know that I have the time or will or interest or passion to do it, but this is a concession as I definitely cannot convert them all into satisfactory survey episodes as it stands, so this is a way to get some of them out. Maybe. Then there are those three Ramble Road recordings, which I'll explain after a detour into empathy. While I'm not a fan of Justice League theatrically, I do respect the cast, crew, filmmakers, and fans for their interest and efforts. And it's not in me to try and take their enjoyment or accomplishment. You know that line from Bambi where Thumper says, If you can't say anything nice... Don't say nothing at all, while not an absolute. I think that's a sound principle for a civil society, especially in arenas like entertainment. So I had no intention of discussing Justice League during its theatrical run or home release. I did make some private communications, which ended up getting publicly published attached to me, but I always intended to stay out of it. However, in editing and listening to episode 58, for all my talk of empathy, I maybe move on too quickly to espousing moving on without a window into to how I truly felt. I know better than that. If you claim to empathize, but then try to shuffle them on to the next thing, like looking at the bright side, try to be happy, hopeful, and optimistic, to forget the frustration and just smile, replicated studies show people actually leave more upset, more depressed, more angry than when they arrive to be counseled. They feel unheard. They feel repressed. They feel alone. They feel silenced and betrayed by the very person meant to help them. And it doesn't matter if the advice is ultimately actually right, even if it is eventually in the long run better to forgive, to move on, to hope and heal. It's a cliche, but it's true. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So the Ramble Road recordings are a clumsy attempt at showing my sincere and unscripted feelings so that you know where I'm coming from. 
For work, I record audio memos to be transcribed at the office to organize my thoughts for oral argument or as exercises to free associate and ramp up my mind and warm up my voice for court, lectures, or seminars. However, on occasion, I'll ramble on DC to come up with ideas for answers, insight, and commentary. They're awful audio quality, never meant for publication or consumption. Even I don't listen to them. Usually, the act of speaking aloud is enough for me. So they're ridiculously rambly, and the reasoning is often unrefined. But the main thing that they are is real. Because I never had any intention of releasing them, they reflect my sincere private attempts at wrestling with various ideas, and in this pilot program, they deal with the release of Justice League. To be honest, it tears me apart to put out something this terrible, but I put aside my preferences for the sake of empathy. Depending on how this experiment goes, we'll see if other recordings ever come out. So now, let me briefly explain the three rambling road episodes, which is kind of ruining the entire point of just releasing something without comment or additional production work. <laughs> Road 1 was recorded only seven hours after seeing Justice League for the first time. Given my early morning, I just kind of stewed in silence driving home, and then I went straight to bed. I didn't read reviews, I didn't decompress on the net, I just kind of tossed and turned in bed as the movie turned over in my head. The recording was made on my morning commute, barely rested and before caffeine, and everything I'll ever say about Justice League onwards is going to be more guarded, diplomatic, and measured. So the quality is low, but it's there for you if you're curious and need to know. In a sense, I wish you didn't. I hope you're healthier otherwise. In fact, if you've made your peace, it's an unnecessary listen. I don't say anything that you haven't already heard. In any case, that's road one. Road two is two days later, and it's me reaching and stretching to try and say something nice about a theme in JL. I don't think it ever comes together before I start finding excuses to talk about anything but JL. I share it not for any internal insight, but just to show that at least I attempted to tie JL to something more meaningful. And while I don't succeed, I want to make clear it's not like I can't say positive things about the film. For example, I still love most of the cast and wish them well. It's just that I don't want to expend the energy, and that brings me back to a point about active empathy that episode 58 didn't elaborate on. Empathy was always exalted as good, and in many respects that's true and reliably replicated in research. It allows you to accrue power to help others and accomplish goals. It improves your emotional intelligence so that you can get along and have more meaningful relationships. And exercising empathy for altruism is one of the most reliable means of increasing your happiness. But something that I hint at but don't exactly say is that active empathy expends energy. It's potentially exhausting and can burn you out, believe me. Counseling rural and indigenous individuals contemplating suicide can be heavy. Being there for displaced at-risk youth as the only adult that they can count on takes a toll. Organizing community cleanup events that require you to broker peace between gangs is stressful. And it's easy to get disillusioned dealing with the downtrodden and the destitute against the system. All of these can be rewarding, meaningful, and fulfilling. But they're also hard, difficult, and draining. 
And that's one of the reasons that BVS resonates with me, because it shows that altruism isn't all sunshine and rainbows, but a lot of work that doesn't get celebrated, appreciated, and isn't always energizing. Sometimes the work leaves a mark on you, and you can't unsee things. Sometimes the very people you try to help are the ones who hurt you because they don't know any better. Sometimes you doubt whether it's worth doing, going on, or if you're making a difference. You wonder if you were deluded to think you could save anything. What if what you feel was never real, and just the dream of a believer? Showing that side of empathy and altruism, that exhaustion and despair, is so much more meaningful to those of us who have fought on the front lines and come back unsure, uncertain, and unable to continue, but who dig down, find their source, and try again, regardless of an unchanged world. That's real encouragement to the real people who try. The more saccharine Superman is so hard to write sincerely because few creators actually understand the effort that goodness and altruism and empathy take. They haven't lived the life of an activist dearly devoted to hopeless causes. To truly understand the weight of the words never-ending battle. Instead, Superman is effortlessly optimistic. His service is shown as self-sustaining, encouraging, and energizing, and it paints a distorted view of what it's really like to really feel and really hope all the time with all your being. If you buy into sugary Superman, you might imagine that altruism isn't for mere mortals, that you should give up trying. Because when Superman's heroic, he's all smiles. But when you make heroic efforts here in the real world, you come home tired, discouraged, disillusioned, and defeated. And this creates the insidious belief that heroes are a different breed of being, perhaps strangers from the stars who are uniquely capable of altruism, that you needn't concern yourself with. You say to yourself, being good is for those people. It's only for me when it feels good is easy or rewarding. No, forget the filter bubble of your Facebook feed and know that empathy, like everything else in life, has its ups and downs. And it is worth the effort, even if you have to elect how to spend it. Don't just write it off because it takes effort and they fail to show it in the sunny Superman. Most portrayals of Paragon Superman are a parody fueled by platitudes and sophistry, a mere shadow of the character and the psychology of an actual altruist. I'm rambling. But I'm saying that if you tried and empathized and you wonder why you don't feel or look like Saint Superman afterwards, that's normal. Don't be discouraged by profoundly perverse presentations of paragons. Basically, in the same way that you shouldn't let the exaggerated and unrealistic superhero drawing distort your healthy body image, don't let a cartoon portrayal of heroism distort your real-world experience of altruism. Rationally, you know no one looks like that without lots of work and intentional effort. The actors portraying our heroes put that on the altar for the sake of replicating our imagination. Why then do we forget all the work and intention required to shape character? The way some pass off a physique as mere genetics is similar to how some will pass off character to parents. As if perfect parents make a paragon inevitable and effortless. Really, that just punts the rationale for the fantasy down the road. Oh, paragons are unrealistic. Unless you had perfect parents. Then of course you'd turn out perfect. Wait, but are perfect parents a real thing? Do those exist? <laughs>
I promise you, even people with saintly parents still struggle to do good, and that means that sustained efforts at active empathy will eventually run you down. And so you need to be realistic and strategic about it so that you don't burn out, break down, or blow up. And that entire aside is to say that I could consciously and willfully regard JL in the most positive light possible all the time, but I don't care to. I don't have the energy. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> right. Anyways, Ramble Road 3 is mainly me making a meandering critique on sacrificing individual identity for collective acceptance. Then I go into an illustration of this weird kid who gives up his quirks to get a little more popular and appease his bullies. And finally, it wraps on the futility of angry attack to get what you want. I summed up as many minutes in just three sentences, so again, listen at your peril. I make no promises as to quality answers, insight, or commentary. All I can say is that it offers spontaneity and improvisation as a proxy for honesty and transparency. The recordings themselves and my publication of them are outside my comfort zone, as I vastly prefer to stick to diegetic analysis, real-world facts, logic, and reason over these messy editorials, subjective appreciations, and philosophical quandaries. But challenging works challenge us to change. So I try instead of retreating back. We'll see how it goes. Okay, how am I doing on time? Man, I am one long-winded rambler. Let me just say that this is sort of my outlet for this because I am super concise professionally, precisely picking every single word with care. So just to be able to let a bunch of extraneous words roll off the tongue and out of the mouth with nominal regard is a relaxing release. Sorry that you suffer the consequences of my excess. <laughs> and lines like that, is why this is too long. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. I'm recording this before I record brief one because part of the exercise is that I give myself fixed times to record, edit, produce, or die. I'm not allowing them the unlimited luxury of the main episodes because that quickly turn infeasible. So brief one is going to be as much a surprise to me as it is to you. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. I'm sure I'm going to listen back to this with ache and regret that I can't record or add an addendum, but I'm practicing letting go and moving on <laughs> and I don't even have any kind of sign off you're the answer son